first, a message from our sponsor. Input. Output. Hi, this is Input Output, and I'm your host, Mark Yarm. Today on the Input Output podcast, we get into the holiday spirit with a couple of rad gift guides. At half the weight of steel, titanium has been used in some of the world's most exceptional inventions. The fastest aeroplanes, extraordinary buildings, and expensive designer goods. Not because it's precious in the sense you can melt it down and sell it on the black market. It's precious in the sense that engineers and craftsmen can do extraordinary things with it. InputMag.com Guides editor Evan Rogers recently published a holiday gift guide full of ultralight titanium stocking stuffers. Everything from a knife to an iPhone 12 case. Here's Evan reading an excerpt from his piece. I'm not interested in generic tech stocking stuffers. Like, yes, they have a place, but around here we go harder. And more importantly, we go lighter. So for this stocking stuffer guide, I'm going to provide you with a selection of highly practical titanium gadgets, tools, and accessories. Why? Because titanium stuff is cool. When I first got my hands on a titanium pot and spork for backpacking, I was like, how is this item so light, yet so strong? So functional, yet so unassuming. Welcome back to the show, Evan. Happy to be here. So this guide, as we noted, is all titanium stuff, but it also has sort of an everyday carry theme. Can you describe to people who don't know what everyday carry or EDC is? I will do my best, and I want to be respectful of the like pretty large EDC community that's out there. Everyday carry is sort of like a community of people that focus on the sort of items that you carry with you on an everyday basis. And for a lot of these people, what that means is it's like a flashlight, a really fancy pen, a minimal wallet, maybe some kind of weird like ice pick multi-tool thing. And they take that stuff really seriously. One of the items in this guide is a flashlight that was sort of like produced as a result of like a joint wish list from these two flashlights and everyday carry forums. And I just think that's so cool. I mean, these people take this stuff so seriously, and that's why these items make such good stocking stuffers. What are some of the other highlights of the guide? So in this guide, we have three drinking accessories. We have the Vargo bottle. We have the Dangle Supply titanium cup, and we have the Stanley Stay Hot titanium travel mug. And even though I really like the Vargo bottle, the Stanley Stay Hot titanium travel mug, which I swear is the last time I'll say that full name, is like one of those, you know, vacuum sealed steel bottles or mugs that you might find around. Uh, I have a couple of them in steel, actually, and they just keep anything that's you have hot, really hot or really cold because the vacuum that's inside of the bottle, you know, prevents any heat from transferring. I mean, that's just cool by itself. I already sort of like really like that category of mug. But, you know, why not take it and make it significantly lighter by using titanium? In that excerpt that you read, you hinted at the appeal of titanium. What is it about titanium that is so great? The first thing is just that it's just so much lighter. I mean, by density, I think it's like roughly half the density of steel. And so for things that are sort of in this category, like particularly for backpacking stuff, like obviously backpacking, you need everything to be as light as humanly possible. That's why people really like to have their camp cups and, you know, cutlery made out of titanium. But it's also really great because it doesn't really conduct electricity. It's not magnetic. I actually found in researching this guide that there's a lot of tools out there that are made of titanium because 
it's not magnetic and you can use them to repair MRI machines. So it's very strong, but it's also very light and it has just some interesting, you know, magnetic and it's also like very biocompatible. I have also read, I am not, you know, a biocompatibility expert in any way, but people that have like nickel allergies, for example, might turn to titanium accessories as an example. So your guide to these titanium objects is just one of many. This is holiday gift guide season and you are the guides editor. So you've been crazy for the past few weeks, I suspect. Tell me about some of the other holiday guides people can see when they go to inputmag.com. Yes, absolutely. So earlier this week, Craig Wilson put up one of my favorite guides thus far. It's a a guide to alternate transportation. And so that's sort of the big umbrella that encapsulates like electric bikes, but also electric scooters and electric skateboards. I think that was a fantastic guide. And there were some things in there that I really just didn't know about. Like, I really don't know about these monowheel things that people ride on the big single wheel I don't know, electric vehicles. That's a complete blind spot for me. And Craig completely opened that category of stuff up in his guide. So I would highly recommend that one. And then also we did a couple of guides for outdoorsy stuff. Like we have one that's for bike gifts and the author, Vanessa, really did a fantastic job. There was a lot of gifts that I just would never have thought of. Like, for example, like an oval chain ring. And that might sound like, I mean, to me, it sounded crazy. But these are the types of things that like you really need someone who knows what they're talking about to identify and like bring up as gifts. Because even as someone that cycles relatively frequently, if I was buying for an avid cyclist, I would have no idea what these gifts are. So what else you got? We're about to put up later this week a gift on home audio. And so this is going to have some options for really sort of improving your apartment or home bookshelf audio experience. So we've got some hi-fi stuff in there and we've got some budget or more affordable options like Bluetooth speakers as well. And so we sort of span from the crazy high end of Bang & Olufsen all the way down to an Unz, a good, but you know, Bluetooth Unz speaker. So there's a lot to look out for in that one too, if you're trying to like up your home audio game. Now, a message from our sponsor. You can follow Evan on Twitter at Evan Rogers. Now on to today's second story. Looking for a holiday present for an eco-conscious person who likes to zip around? Good news. InputMag.com news editor Craig Wilson has assembled a gift guide featuring the best battery-powered personal transportation devices. Scooters, bikes, skateboards, and monowheels. Here's Craig reading an excerpt from his piece. Public transport is terrifying right now. Cabs aren't much better. Cars get stuck in traffic. Bicycles make you sweaty. Unicycles are impractical for long distances and, you know, pretty silly unless you own oversized red shoes and a matching false nose. What you need is something electric. Something alternative. Something that'll let you feel the wind in your helmet-clad hair. An excuse to get out there. And over there. Or over there. And back again, all without polluting the planet. Welcome back to the show, Craig. Thanks for having me, Mark. So this gift guide is great. It's all sorts of things from e-bikes to monowheels. If money were no object, Craig Wilson, and you could ask Santa for any of these items, which one would you choose? I suspect, Mark, that I would choose the one wheel. It's not the two horsepower motor, the all-terrain tire. Or the sensors keeping you balanced. 
It's getting off the couch and trying something new. Now, for those people who aren't familiar with these, it is literally a go-kart tire in the middle of a board that looks a bit like a skateboard. So you've only got one wheel, as the name suggests, and it's a fat one, and it sits between your ankles, and then you sort of guide it like you would a snowboard. And the reason I would pick this <laughs> is for a start, it keeps your hands free. So electric skateboards, generally, you have to have a little handheld remote control, and that means that one of your hands is always occupied. Electric scooters, meanwhile, you have to use both hands to steer them. And bicycles, well, I already own a bicycle. And I guess the other thing I like about the one wheel is that it is really, really rugged. So the reason I won't be buying a one wheel for the time being is, unfortunately, they make two models, a smaller $1,000 model and a bigger $1,800 model. And of course, it's really the big one I want. So I'm going to have to hold off on that for a while. But it's just the most peculiar and fun looking bit of alternative transport tech that I have seen in a very, very long time. Every time I see one whip past me in Brooklyn, I look on with a little bit of envy. Yeah, every time I see one whip past me in Brooklyn, I look upon it as kind of cool, but kind of dorky at the same time. <laughs> I think it's extremely dorky. I think the one saving grace, perhaps, is that if you go and have a look at some of the sort of reviews, people just absolutely love them. And fortunately, I am old enough that I stopped caring about looking dorky a good few years ago. So what else we got on this list? I mean, I see a lot of familiar makes and models that we've discussed on this show before, but what are some of the other highlights? So I think some of the really interesting stuff on here comes in the form of how some of this technology has progressed. So for instance, when we look at the e-scooters, you know, those are becoming more and more common. In New York, at least, they're now legal, which they weren't until very recently. And I think what we're seeing here is people refining the categories a little. So for example, we've got one from Razor, which is their EcoSmart sub-scooter. And what sets that apart is they've put big wheels on it. You know, a lot of these have tiny side plate sized rubber wheels and there's not that much give in them. So they can be a little unforgiving, particularly on potholes or cracks in the pavement or that sort of thing. So bigger wheels for a start makes for a softer ride. But then if you want to go one step further, you can also buy things like the Dualtron Ultra, which has actual active suspension. And I think if you're going to use these as day-to-day -day transport and a lot of them, you know, that is the idea you're gonna get a much, much better experience for those kinds of additions. You know, the same holds true for the other mono wheels, which are otherwise referred to as electric unicycles, and they look like a folding bicycle style tire between your ankles. Now, those I've ridden too, and those are great fun, but the problem there is there's something of a learning curve. So you can't just hop on them and go in the same way you can with others. And even though they have great range and they are incredibly comfortable to ride once you get the hang of it, it's very difficult to, I think, convince people to spend the time required to get up to speed with those. So those are a, a much tougher sell. And again, unfortunately, these score very, very high on the Dorkometer. You know, some people I think would not take the time to ride them because they wouldn't be seen dead on them. <laughs> Meanwhile, of course, there's the electric bike category, which I know we've talked about a lot too. Right. Tell me, what's your top pick for an electric bike? Price being no object. 
Well, price being no object, I mean, you can get really, really carried away. We recently got to ride something that isn't on the list here from Harley Davidson. Those e-bikes go right up to $5,000. We have one on the list from Gogoro. That is a carbon fiber style bicycle that's incredibly lightweight, but unfortunately very heavy on the pocket at $4,600. But then we have options like the Van Moof. Now, that comes from a Dutch bike company. And if anyone knows how to make a good bicycle, it's the Dutch. Those can be had for around $2,000. And again, you know, I realize this sounds like a lot of money, particularly when I walk around the neighborhood and I see secondhand cars for sale in the same sort of price range. But I guess what you're getting with these is, well, for a start, they're a lot easier to park. Second, a lot of the big name brands have really amazing after-sale service. And aside from having to swap out a battery perhaps every few years, the maintenance costs on them are very low. And of course, if you do live in a dense urban environment, it can be a lot more convenient to have a bike than a car. And that's really what a lot of the items on this list are about, particularly in light of the ongoing but hopefully winding down pandemic. You know, people have been nervous about public transport. People have been nervous about cabs. And, you know, when we think about getting stuck in traffic and what sort of urban spaces look like and what we perhaps want them to look like in future, I think electric personal mobility devices like e-scooters and skateboards and bicycles are really the future. And with a combination of the right infrastructure and more bike lanes and more uptake of them, we could make our cities far nicer places, not just to live, but to move around. You can follow Craig on Twitter at Craig Wilson, and I am at Mark Yarm. For more news from the world of technology and culture, visit InputMag.com. You can click on the links in the show notes for the stories we discussed today. New episodes of Input Output are released three times a week. If you enjoyed what you heard, please give us a rating and review on iTunes. You can find Input Output on your smart speaker or whichever podcast app you use. Thanks for listening.